0: live hopefully in 1988 and have a great 88
1: music and culture the 88 podcast with yours truly wayne anthony welcome to the 88 podcast with yours truly wayne anthony and On today's show, we've got a very special guest. He's the inventor of an infamous board game. It was called Rave. Not many people got to see it or play it, so it's a real pleasure to have on the show Patrick Trello from WoW Enterprises. How are you doing, oh, Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, good. it's good to speak to you, mate. It's good to actually put a face behind the game, behind the whole concept, because there'll be people that won't actually know what we're talking about but there's a great many people who do actually know what we're talking about and it's about a board game that was called raven be fair i had a couple of copies of it myself you know yeah and i'll tell you a couple of stories about it as as we get in but tell us a little bit about who you are and a, a little bit about your background and what you're about today mate
0: um well um my background had most influence on the raid game was uh i worked in television graphics um computer graphics which was really kind of new type thing uh in those days um and uh i've been kind of like doing various kind of like graphics and web type things ever since um, most recently though I've spent practically the whole of the last three years in Morocco um, oh, cool. yeah 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 there was a kind of uh, uh I don't know wonder if like kind of an escape trick really when uh brexit and all that kind of started to kind of uh bite in and I just decided to uh um skip across to somewhere a completely different culture and uh so that's what i've been doing
1: uh, cool months. do you know cyrus
0: cyrus i i yeah i do know the name i do know oh, the, okay because he
1: because he lives over there as well oh does
0: he yeah i yeah. do know the
1: name
0: i know so yeah i do yeah know i him. used
1: to work with him on lsd magazine oh yeah yeah uh, yeah, I yeah. Would, so, so i mean that's on that's on another tip yeah so mate you spent the last three years out in Morocco. It's lovely and warm. You've come back, it's freezing. Cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me. Locked down. Yeah. So but let's talk about more fun times, mate. So how did the whole board game? Because here's the thing, you know, the whole well, let's let's go back actually. Tell us a little bit about your intro to Acid House and like perhaps Raven. Oh right. Okay.
0: Well, um, <clears throat> Um, well, the whole kind of ecstasy thing happened for me before acid house had happened. Somebody gave us some to go. We were going on a holiday to Switzerland, uh, and uh, so that's where I had my kind of initiation in, in in the mountains in Switzerland, and it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was uh, just. Taking what happened that day I still can't credit it to be quite honest but when I got back I um, started hearing about this kind of thing that was taking over the clubs and I said no surely it cannot be because there's two things I can't think of more different right well what, 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 it was uh, the difference between absolute sanity and absolute madness yeah right but when I did go out um in it's kind of like eighty seven, I suppose. And I went to Shum and uh to um uh heaven, you know, the um the, the thing they used to do, um air spectrum and all that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Uh it was no doubt whatsoever that everything fitted in like very, very well. Uh, 120 beats per minute. Everybody was discovering this kind of uh, camaraderie that uh, just had never been there before. You know. Um, in fact, one of the things I've been meaning to mention, I'm thinking over the last couple of days, um, you did a. a thing for the movie didn't
1: you we actually played the game yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna tell you that story yeah it was was actually um i actually got what it was i mean how do you know do you know the story yeah um you know bits of it i can't remember if i told you back then
0: no 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 i know bits of it yeah the that this it's about this policeman that i I was yeah so
1: i i got a phone call one morning and it was from Gordon Mason, and he was a filmmaker who right. made the film, yeah. they call it Acid. Yeah. So he called me up and he said, hey, Wayne, he said, how are you doing? Blah, blah. He said, uh, do you know the police commander, Ken Tappenden? Well, I said, well, of course I do. He's the head of the police pay party unit. He said, yeah, he said, that's right. He said, you know the, the rave game, the board game, the rave game? I said, yeah. yeah. He said, well, Ken Tappenden's challenged you to a game of rave. Oh, I was what? like, no way. I was like, of course I'll do it. And then what Gordon told me later was that he then called Gordon, that uh, he then called Ken Tappenden. I said, to him, you know, thing. yeah, do you know Wayne <laughs> Anthony? Wayne Anthony's challenged you to give a game of rave, you know? Yeah. And we went and we filmed it. He was filming it for the film, they call it Acid. And yeah. he was such a good sport, Kenneth Tappenden. I mean, he was a police commander, he was the head of the police pay party unit. And he wore his police uniform.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, I did, I, yeah. I saw
1: the clip. I saw the yeah, clip. we sat in that darkened room, you know, and he said to me, you're such a good sport, because he said, you know, he said, I don't mind lo- losing, we can fix it so we lose. I was like, no, don't be silly. Whoever loses, loses, you know. And we just sat there, we just, and it went on. I mean, there's only a few seconds in the film, but I think the game might have went on for a half hour. We played a whole full game. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we played the whole game until I won. And then in between we were talking about, you know, the concepts and the principles of well, the game yeah. and how that related to real life. So that was that yeah. was a big moment, you know?
0: Well, the, the reason I mentioned him because if I'm not mistaken, uh uh he is the same uh police officer that um that when the press was all going mad, they were all over it, you know. Rave parties happening, blah, 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 blah. Um, this, I think, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy, is uh, an absolute hero of mine, actually, because he was actually uh, uh, interviewed. <laughs> and he said, uh, Well, you know, we found out, we managed to track down where this big thing was happening. And, uh, yeah, there's so many kids there and blah, 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 blah. And he said, uh, the thing is, he said, about my boys, he said, they're trained. They can smell trouble as soon as the <laughs> doors are open. And uh, the reporter said, so they open the doors and you could smell the trouble, yes? And he goes, no. Uh, uh, no uh, actually quite the opposite these kids they were just all having a good time and by George were they having a good time and uh then I don't know who the government was that was in at the time but they've got absolutely and uh, then of course we got the great Rupert Murdoch kind of uh you know that this country's been suffering under for such a long time. Yeah, it seems such a shame. But um this is another thing about being in Morocco, you know, you, you, you don't you just don't see that kind of you don't live in that Murdoch reality which kind of washes over everything. And so yeah. the next thing is, you know, the sun. Well, there was that classic thing, wasn't it? The, I think the, it was the, definitely
1: one... him getting back to the to the policeman. I think that was definitely him yeah, because, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. It's the same
0: guy that's because that's one of the
1: reasons why um I like I like he became a bit of a hero for me as well, because he appeared in a few different documentaries and he was just coming out and saying, "Look what we did was wrong. you know we yeah. handled it completely the wrong way, it was being sensationalized in the press, and we were the ones that forced them underground. but it was yeah. also saying that I wish I had those boys as my lieutenants."
0: <laughs> he said
1: that in a documentary he said i wish i had those boys as my own lieutenants because they could shift thousands of people from one place to another in a matter of hours and he said the police and the army can't do that today yeah that's what he said you know so yeah. I'm like this guy's a hero so it's just because you show, it, isn't it yeah um
0: yeah because uh, there was that classic thing in the sun of uh uh one week they were selling Asin House T-shirts in the sun, and then the next week they were kind of, you know, there's that classic uh, thing of the Grim Reaper, I think, isn't it?
1: Yeah, this
0: cartoon and this the kind smiley of Grim face. Yeah. Kind of, uh, yeah, the smiley faces. Welcome smiley. to hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well that um, was a thing.
1: You're exactly right because it was exactly that. one week, it was buy our, buy our Acidaz t-shirts because they were selling t-shirts for £4.50. They had a little section dedicated to the lingo, so they were telling people how to speak. There was another section telling people how to dance. You know? Oh God, really? And then the very next week, bricks. it was... Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next week, it was terror, terror, terror. <laughs>
0: I know. It was absolutely crazy. Um... Yeah, I mean, he became like a. I think it was partly, it was it, there was a sweet spot, you know, when the rave thing was happening, and um, the story about how the raid game happened is a is a classic story, really. But um, to kind of cut to the chase, uh, it was Christmas Eve. Uh, and I went out to the Wag Club and got totally shit-faced. Tot- totally. And uh, I was kind of separated from my son's mum. So I was being a bad dad and not, not a good Santa. And, uh, but it was a night I will never, well, you know, these nights that you will never forget. Um, and, uh, We had this kind of like regular thing every Christmas day. We would go to a mutual friend's place so that it wasn't my family. It wasn't her family. It was a mutual friend. She always did a really good spread. I carved the turkey and we had our kind of like family kind of Christmas there. And I was literally standing there kind of like carving the turkey. And Hazel said... um, we've got to come up with some idea for uh, a board game for this uh, art, uh, these evening classes. I am mean, have got any ideas? And I just said, you start with two E's, 50 quid in a flyer, and you've got to get to a raid before it gets busted without getting busted yourself. And you call it raid. And I just looked at everybody, and they all looked away. They said, so don't look at me. And I thought, <laughs> you know... And that's where the idea was born. That, that wow, was something mate. That
1: Excellent. It's one of those little moments that comes out of the blue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very much so. But um, um, but that, that kind of... It was born of that, that real sweet spot because we all there's a whole bunch of things which are very different from what happened after the clampdown that I bracket them all together. Um, One, uh, which we've already mentioned, the fact that it was a game, you know, it was a game. Uh, anyone that hadn't done it wouldn't realise it but anyone that had done it would realise it was a game the police were after you they were playing the game, they were trying to crack the codes before you did Um, and then when they inevitably did turn up you know and the whole goal was that the party would be happening so big that it would be inviting a riot to try to close it down, and so they, they when they did turn up, then there was a whole bunch of people who were briefed, you know, uh, about kind of like working with the police, you know, and taking care of them, making their job as easy as it could be, and all of this, all of this stuff, and uh, then they stood back and they watched, and then the, the that, that famous son headline police stand back and watch while our children kill themselves i think it
1: said mm. and worse. Like
0: that. yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, there's another guy that you probably i'm pretty sure you would have heard of if 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 only because of his his fantastic name he comes from the same the same era And I was listening to him doing a a kind of Zoom thing the other day. Uh, And his name is Dr. Professor David Nutt. (laughs)
1: That's a long one. I'm sure I've heard the name.
0: Well, yeah, Professor Nutt from... um, um, Oh, God. Uh, which university is it? It's in central London.
1: Westminster.
0: Uh, uh, no, 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 no. It begins with I. Anyway, he was the drug czar.
1: Ah. Oh, okay.
0: Wow. Uh, and he was brought in by um, the Tory government to be a drug, drug czar imperial. Uh
1: huh. Yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And um, he, the, you know, it was all big hoo-ha, we've got a drug czar, we've going to stamp out this evil menace, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. And um, he then infamously submitted his report uh, which said that alcohol was the most dangerous drug in our society at the moment, responsible for m- more deaths than anything else, uh, directly or indirectly. And the ecstasy was safer than riding a horse.
1: Yeah, I think I remember that.
0: And they sacked yeah. him.
1: They sacked yeah, I got, him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um,
0: and he now is, uh, I don't know how well you've been kind of following things, but um we're now on the cusp of a kind of like a psychedelic renaissance. You probably know that in in America, they've been yeah. following, it's been building, for, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Ayahuasca, um, you yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: and uh, he, excuse me, he is our. Um, he, 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 you know, he, he, he doesn't work for the government anymore, but he is doing a lot of studies at Imperial with uh, volunteers and double-blind test studies. And all. He's a really straight guy.
1: That is interesting. You know, he's got a
0: little, little moustache, bald head. I mean, he looks like the absolute typical government advisor, you know, kind of an anarchy-type guy. And... Um, uh, he was uh, in a Zoom meeting that not that long ago, and they're talking about how things had changed. And well, uh, MDMA is being in the process of being legalized around the world, mainly for PTSD and for uh, um, re- relationship difficulties and things like that. There's one guy in England. In uh, uh, Ben Senna in uh, Bristol, that's actually legally now uh, uh, been granted a license to do MDMA therapy. So, wow,
1: that's a big step for England.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, this is the this is the the classic thing about Dr. David Nutt, Uh, all the way through this interview with him he would come up with these different things scientific research here and what they've discovered there and working with this university over here and combining their studies on this and hoping to do that but unfortunately as has to be said he came forward there were quite a lot of times when he would be left just to ramble a little bit on his own and he always came up with the same thing he said um of course yes and it's all looking very exciting now and it's been 30 years uh in the offing and everything's been prepared um but i don't really see it happening in this country you know, you don't get anyone that's i have worked with the government i no one has worked closer with the government than i have i know what working with the government is like in this country they're just about the way he described. It. He said, basically, it's just a system where they have bullies at school. The biggest bullies end up going to the best schools. And everyone thinks that they should be bullied by them anyway. Anywhere else in the world, they'd be rioting in the streets. You know? Sure. sure. So um, uh, the, the upside of that, though, really, is that... Um, you know, I think we can kind of like start seeing the next four or five years all around the world. It's gonna be like it's not gonna be
1: just like legal to take it at raves, but you know, literally sure for therapy setting, counseling. Yeah.
0: Well, that's so, the big um, leap,
1: isn't it? That's the that's the massive leap. So it's like yourself when it's been decriminalized in many European countries as well. And yeah. what we're talking about here is we're not saying, you know, it's being decriminalized for people to use at raves, but the fact that it is being criminalized in a certain countries, it means a lot of these doctors and a lot of researchers, they can't actually use MDMA in their research because it's illegal, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's now not just about recreational stuff.
0: Now they're calling it a breakthrough therapy.
1: Yeah. Incredible, huh?
0: Yeah. They said yeah. the last time they called anything a breakthrough therapy was Prozac, but they said this is just you know ten times You know, we're talking about a person having one session.
1: Sure.
0: You know, and then coming out and saying, I've never seen it this way before.
1: That's all I needed, one session. How many did you need? Well,
0: (laughs) I told you about that time when I was, when I was in, when I went to uh, Switzerland. (laughs) My God, I couldn't believe it. I was just walking around thinking, this isn't cocaine. (laughs) This is very, very, very different. Very different. uh, yeah so um so that's how the rave game was born
1: um so tell then, us about for people that don't actually know yeah so yeah. What, what was the whole premise of the actual game
0: well i mean I've
1: got a, have you got one there excellent
0: yeah there's the actual kind of there's one on game. ebay
1: right now for 99 quid
0: right they, they do tend to go for that kind of price all right mate um,
1: i sold one for 350 quid really in like 2007. wow 350
0: wow wow, quid. Wow, 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 wow wow. well like i said the premise of it was uh you start with two e's, 50 quid and a flyer <laughs> uh, you've got to get to a raid before it gets busted without getting busted yourself uh i will say something actually about the raid game. uh i didn't think anybody was ever gonna you know, I didn't think that anybody would back it or anything like that. And uh, I went off and I found a, a game designer who came up with a game that was, I couldn't play it, basically. And then right, someone too. came along and, and said, I'll, I'll put money into it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Thought, oh, shit. My
1: God. It's becoming real.
0: Yeah. Um, but, um what I um, decided on, well, just two or three, just two or three things, things that if we, you know, if I'd known, you know, it would have been different. Um, none of us knew anything about producing a board game. Um, oh, that was no uh, and no
1: one even thought who thought about producing board games you, you look up at Monopoly who are the people that made Monopoly Warrington. I know
0: I just thought it was such an insane idea I thought yeah, it'd be just uh, it's, of course it's like an ultimate chill out thing you come home and kind of like you know everybody you know someone put some breakfast on and you kind of like lie in a specific kind of like lying something to do after you finish the night and all that um, sure mate and and uh, we did a limited edition run, which is the one that you saw in my hands. That's no, the one with the poster, a
1: poster,
0: was it? Yeah, it's got it's got a poster in it. It had um, yeah. just a minute.
1: That's the one I had. That's the one I sold for $3.50, one with a poster.
0: Wow. yeah, well that's the that's the rare one, because it's got a it's got a cassette. Uh, wow. just mixed by Alex Patterson. Go on, uh, and uh, the posters in here, underneath everything, just let me get out. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, so the, tell,
1: yeah, exactly. Tell us about all those different little components you got in there.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is that it it, it didn't it didn't make any difference how much uh, how much I've worked on. Uh, I I've never written any w- rules or anything like this. Basically,
1: You you were a rule breaker up to this point.
0: <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Uh, but basically, it got to a certain point. Now, um, this was something like March nineteen ninety, I think it was, that Shane uh, had come forward as my business partner. Uh, and there's there's the poster.
1: Excellent. Look, there's the poster.
0: Yeah. Designed by Jamie Hewlett, a tank girl, uh, the gorillas all that kind of stuff. Uh, And what I decided was, I thought, if I can't fucking play this game, (laughs) I'm going to make sure it's the most beautiful game that's ever been produced. So what I did was then uh, I uh, got in touch with the uh, people I used to work for in a video editing suite and I went down and rented their graphics machines and did all of the flyers
1: Excellent because that's another thing, part of the game is there's loads of flyers and Yeah,
0: well the point the, the, Sorry, go to show actual... us them
1: again, sorry mate I was talking and the screen no, it's came
0: okay. up something about all these... There's something about these flyers, there's something about the uh, cassette that I just showed you Uh, I haven't got particularly good glasses at the moment so I won't be able to read it but believe it or not uh, every single fly if you look at it it's got like there it's got a wonky E on the end Uh, this one has got a little planet kind of going around the E oh yeah yeah I got it Uh, hearts um there the e has got two little hearts on it so it's full of subliminal messages i wanted it so that if someone was looking at it and they're tripped out of the skull they would go just you know it's just you notice know, that every single one of
1: these has got
0: he's done something funny to the e
1: excellent it's those small details mate
0: yeah so there's like another one there there um and then Eternity too. There's a little thing above the E on there. So that was that. And uh, the uh, cassette, wow. I mean, what I wrote, fucking talk about, you know, above and beyond the Call of Duty. I've got stuff actually written on the back of the cassette. It says, recorded in glorious X around. and then yeah and it says something about how to best listen to this cassette and it says something like getting a tinfoil hat and a piece of lemon and then to be looking at a uh, television tuned between two different channels with the headphones on squeeze on the lemon and whammo
1: <laughs> you Go are on, listening.
0: Son. Glorious X around.
1: Uh, great idea, mate. It's
0: a yeah, great idea, and it's very much in the put. spirit
1: of the moment.
0: Yeah, X around. There's all this What's small, that? all the small print. So much effort went into all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, uh, we were kind of like getting. We're just getting that like, kind of like. Getting the basic idea kind of like on the table in about March it was 1990, and it the, the aim was to get it in the in the uh, uh, game stores by um, by Christmas the I company. imagine, but it, it wasn't until something like September that we realised that. We weren't doing it the way it should be done at all. The way you do it in the board game industry is you get your mock-up, you, you get your pre-production models, and you go along to the British Toy and Hobby Fair at Bill's Court in February. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Months before we even met, right? And then they would take all of the orders for Christmas. And then you would work all the way through summer. You get everything already, all the distribution and be out in the shops in September and blah, 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 blah. And um, people that worked in the board game industry just, they, they were totally different obviously. From 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 the kids that that bought the game, but almost to a man, they would just stop dead in their tracks and they say, "I can't believe you did this." And I said, "Can't believe you did what? You actually brought this out in the shops six months after you started production." Said, yeah, that's right. How the hell did you do that? And it was insane. Oh, really. Sad really difficult but um,
1: for sure but you was just on that wave of emotion coming out of this whole, like it was a new oh, change yeah, for everybody yeah. and the other it? thing
0: the thing you've got to remember as well is that um, of course there was this sense of urgency because um, by the time it was like 1990 uh, everybody was going to, we were kind of going to parties and stuff in the kind of, it was kind of like, I can't believe it. They're still doing them. You know, it's. I wonder how much longer it's going to last. You know, people will say, well, you know, give it another three months, you know, it's going to be over. And we was kind of like, we've got to get this into the shops for next Christmas. Aren't anybody
1: even going to be raving at Christmas time? Imagine. Oh, Imagine shit. that. <laughs> you know. 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, So um, there was all of that. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, then I could, I think one of my proudest days was I had to go up to Virgin to deliver. Um, some boxes, some some board games, and uh, I was going up uh, the tube station at Tottenham Court Road, and uh, two kids. I was just going up the escalator. And two kids came up to me and said, "Excuse me, mate, can we buy one of those? Will you set? Will you sign it for us now?" And that's the first time I did an autograph on the rave game. And Excellent, it, it uh, went, Virgin
1: Megastore. Uh,
0: uh, going up. Uh, the uh escalator at Tottenham Court Road tube station.
1: Yeah. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. So I had to get to the to Virgin. So I'm sorry, but you're too short. We sold two on the way up. But um excellent.
1: Yes. And, and so what so you so you made the game? And before you made the game or after you made the game, did you like approach like board making? Oh yeah.
0: I mean the thing is that my partner, Shane, he's like he was a he was a salesman. And uh, a typical, you know, the other thing is that this was the, the days of the yuppie. And he was a really sweet guy, but I mean, a lot of ravers were yuppies, you know, they're kind of sure. like, you know, they, they had been at least until they take their first pill. And suddenly they're going to fuck the suit, mate. let yeah. put on a t shirt and let's fucking go for totally it. Totally right. Money. But, yeah. um, uh yeah we we just we worked on it full time my girlfriend uh sophia uh she was like the company secretary there's many many yarns the thing about sophia actually was that this is where we, i i realized we were going really wrong uh she's very bright but uh sophia um, when you are developing a board game, you have to do this thing it's called play testing. So you sit down, and you say, "Okay, well, we've got this rule. We've got to try this rule out uh, in particular this evening and see if we can break it, see if we can see if it will hold up." And so you play test, you play test, you play test a lot, a lot, a lot of work, uh, concentration, and then. I suddenly looked at Sophia and I said, you've got a photographic memory. Out. And threw her out of the, of the, of, of the testing. And after that point, we realised, yeah, Sophia was winning every time. Yeah, she was winning every time. She's not a typical player at all. She's not in the <laughs> slightest bit typical in any shape, size or form. She was... Win, 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 win. If I can do it you. <laughs> so um so there was that. Um and then there was the inevitable uh, showdowns. Uh, uh at a certain point, Shane, you know, they say. The, uh every business goes through this kind of valley of death type thing when all of your outgoings have gone out and nothing has come in and you're you're treading water you're technically bust and Pretty like uh, now huh yeah Pretty like now <laughs> yeah uh and uh shane was really really feeling the pinch at this particular time And his mum, who was a very successful woman in her own right, she kept on saying to him, it's all fair enough, it's all fair enough, but I know people that work in the board game industry. For God's sake, you must have these consultants, they're professionals. And uh, eventually I kind of, I caved in. I said, no one is more professional than we are. We know our more market. They don't know anything about this whatsoever. And uh, <laughs> um, there was a, a company called Game. They still exist. I don't know if they do. Uh, Game Limited is what it says on the on on the you know the business card. But they had these shops all over the, uh, all over the UK called Game, and. Um, uh, this guy came, he was a um, he came in as a, as a, a, a consultant and they charged us a fortune. They really milked us dry. Uh, and this guy he had, he had a real kind of like red nose from the amount of alcohol that he had drunk during his life. He was an Irish guy. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll never forget. He came in and he sat down at the other side of the desk. I had a particularly cool pair of leather trousers, which I wore all the time in those days. And uh, Sophia called me over, and says you've got to have a meeting with uh, Shane's guy. Yeah. So uh, I sat back with my feet up on the desk like this, crossed. You know. And just rocking back in my chair like this, and this guy says, um, "I don't want no bad vibes about this game. I don't want any bad vibes. I this has got to be a good, clean, healthy game." And I, I said, "Well, I think you don't understand who our true market is." And he said, "What's that then?" I said the recreational drug market, <laughs> 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 and then we, he he's he, he just about to explode, and then Sophia comes out. She whispers in my ear, got a phone call. So I left the meeting, go to this phone call, and uh, there's this guy. Jimmy James, you'll say he was called, uh, from Game Limited. And uh, he says, is that Patrick Treloar from uh, the Rape game? I said, yeah, it is. He said, uh, where can I get these fucking games? Oh, brilliant. The kids are all coming in here day after day after day. It's September. They're meant to be in the shops. Where can I get one of these bloody games? And I said, well, we've got a guy here right now and he's about to hold production on the whole thing because he says the size of our boxes isn't a high enough perceived value. And uh, he says, if they're not shit on a stick, I want two crows. Excellent. <laughs> so I went back into the meeting, put my feet back up on the table and looked across him. and said, have you ever heard of Jimmy James from... Uh, game then he said oh yes he's a drinking buddy of mine and oh well and oh well oh yes we've been working together all this kind of stuff i said he said if it isn't shit on a stick he wants too gross (laughs) (laughs) fantastic (laughs) and we eventually fought these guys off but they took a lot of money out of the company they made things very very difficult for us uh but you know those are kind of precious memories which, i like to stay
1: with you forever, you know. Sure. Tell and, us a little bit about all the different components and stuff, because there's little different components, isn't there? You've got your tape, you've got your flyers.
0: Well, yeah, got, I mean, basically, what you've got is... Let me just... Uh, i this a little bit. Actually, excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold. I keep blowing my nose. I mean, sorry,
1: I'm really happy that you did this podcast, because I, I know you're suffering with a cold. So, thanks for being on, mate.
0: Um... Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got the board, which I'll just take out from here for just a minute. The board is the only thing I didn't design. That was that was that was what I was lumbered with was the fact that you know we didn't have time to do a redesign. The guy that actually designed the board, it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted. And I did actually redesign it later. I was hoping to bring out a remixed version of the game.
1: Sure. But. Uh, uh, and I imagine you would have called point... it the remixed version. Yeah. Huh? I imagine you would have called it that as well. Oh,
0: it, was, it was going to be called that, the remix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is the original kind of like board.
1: Yeah, there's the board game. With Trip
0: City in the middle. And these are all clubs his day glow things around there uh, and basically you start at a club with uh, one flyer uh, 50 pounds and two E's basically uh, now the E's but you
1: didn't call them E's, you called them something else didn't you yeah,
0: energy energy tokens <laughs> but they had a great big E on them <laughs> so, I mean, Yeah,
1: you got some there yeah
0: I've got, yeah, they're all here. Yeah. Uh, so then you would go out to, a, you on the back of the flyers, there were clues. And it would tell you to, first of all, go to a garage. And when you got to a garage, that was like a meeting point. And then you get another clue as to where to go next. And then you would gradually fo- uh, follow these things around. And um, then, as you were playing you had these separate cards They're called vibe cards, which are basically what's going on out there. Uh, this one says diversion. Move or place a diversion counter to a square of your choice. Peace pipe, typical peace pipe. Turn on local constabulary. Retain until busted and gain five E's at police cell.
1: Uh, uh, he wasn't holding back
0: (laughs) no police cars with dogs at Puffet Moor this is the kind of uh, all of the place names Uh, helicopter so this would actually move the police marker to a place called Puffet Moor which is on the board if you were at Puffet Moor you were busted but If they landed next to you, you're in the paranoia zone. You just have to throw your ease away, but you wouldn't get get busted. That was the kind of logic. Uh, Good. And it was a
1: man. It was like a a little figure that you moved around the ball as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult putting it all to pieces because um, it's all kind of like in his components. Uh, And I had a few things... Deliberately put in to make it a bit more, kind of like, well, like this one. Good karma. Hug to the right. Fifteen pounds to each player when done. So if you got nice. that one, it's, it's the person to the right, you give them a hug. You both get fifteen quid. Nice. So uh, very nice. For...
1: Interactive as well, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Flashback, mime and occupation or favorite pastime from a previous lifetime before throwing the dice. Player who guesses correctly gets one E. Uh, Venetian, this is a typical, this is a drug reference. Venetian mind meld tablet. Change position, all fires of money, energies, pieces, the lot. With the player to your right for four moves so that meant that you become the player to your right for four moves and so then a, a total mind fuck. actually to try to play that one and then cool man uh the stash card now there was two lots of stashes just a minute there's stash meaning money and stash meaning drugs and uh I was just saying to someone the other day, actually, about this. My proudest achievement with the rave game um, was uh, quite humble, really, I suppose. But I, I must admit, it gave me a real thrill. Um, I had these uh, uh, stash bags. They're the oh, same yeah. bags as were they're, they're manufactured by the same company. That made Barclays money bags, coin bags. So I thought, now we've really
1: got, you know, this is you. The corporate. The the, corporate. The, yeah, the establishment. <laughs> uh, mm.
0: So that was. Oh, no, they were cool. really
1: cool, but what, what's inside it? What's inside it?
0: Oh, what's inside it? Yeah. A, that's
1: a bit. Um, oh, yeah. Here, here's a more clear. What, mustache bag. Mirrored very impressive mate very impressive from the same company oh. that actually made them for the bank
0: yeah 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 um, and this is another thing as well of course practicalities we dreamed of a time when we'd have enough money in the bank to actually have plastic pieces but we couldn't afford it at this stage. so these are the plain pieces very cool little dancing man putting a little stand which is moving around um, that's a diversion counter so you could put that down somewhere and divert to play around um, and these are little speakers That means you're at a rave. And once you've got those, um, once you're playing those, you're not playing the vibe cards anymore. You're at a rave. And the aim is to keep going long enough to get 120 beats per minute three times. Um, And these are your dance cards. And um, most of them had beats per minute like oh, that one is sixty beats per minute. Um, rocking power buzz, sex in field, throw dice again. What's that? <laughs> sex in field, even number of, uh, of even number with condom, <laughs> gain two energies. Odd number without condom lose to an <laughs> edgy <laughs> or miss a, miss a turn out if miss or miss a turn if out of energies uh what other things we got caffeine tablets You've been ripped off lose up to two e's 20 beats per minute rave cancelled invasion of beer heads remove sight marker and buy another flyer Nausea. Take a walk. Sixty beats per minute. Rock while around your leg. Lose up to two energies. Forty beats per minute. So this is these are the cards you actually played when you're dancing. Um, yeah, because you had two playing. sets
1: of cards, didn't you? You had what you just showed before, vibe cards, and these were the cards, cards
0: were kind of like what's going on out there. What's yeah. the vibe? Where are the police? Um, what are the road conditions? Who are you travelling with? What kind of lunatics have you managed to pull in on all, all this? And then when God. you actually get to the rave, then you start playing for combinations so of two sets of cards. If they added up to 120 beats per minute, you got a piece of the thing called a triptych. And if you have got three pieces, you won the game, basically. So that's the kind of... Uh, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very
1: cool. And how about the graphics? And who did all those graphics?
0: Um, well, I did nearly all of them. The actual board, the actual box was designed by a mate of mine, a uh, guy called uh, Greg Sams, who's a real old hippie guy. And he had a uh, about the only company in the UK that actually did fractal designs. It's um, a nice cover, very nice. The, cover. Lo- the logo was done by these designers that were working for us, working with us. Um, but <clears throat> it got to a certain stage. And I just said, look, get me an Apple Macintosh. These things have only just come out. Get me an Apple Macintosh and I'll design the whole thing myself. And Shane would never do it. It was like such a high risk thing, you know, that the idea of doing this on a computer struck him as being totally impossible. So uh, what I did was, like I said, I designed all of the uh, flyers uh, on on a video graphics machine. Uh, These were, I had to go out and rent out, go to a desktop publishing place, design each of those individually. Uh, And then there's You know, the money, everything, all had to be. I actually did make a conscious. I don't know whether I I said this earlier on, but I was really frustrated that we had such a short amount of time. Um, If I had another year, I would have totally reinvented the game from scratch. But we didn't have that time. And I made a conscious decision at some stage. I I, I just said, I don't know about being able to play this game, but I'm going to make it the most beautiful board game ever made. Uh, One night night when uh, we'd been playing and uh, I went out to heaven or something that night and uh, I came back home and I was tripping, basically, and uh, walked in and saw the board all laid out halfway through a game in the living room. And I just looked at it and I just said, you've done it.
1: Cracked it. Yeah. It looks you had.
0: Good. It looks
1: beautiful. It's a cr- it's beautiful looking game. Um, and for what it is, it's, honestly, it's, it was an amazing achievement. And like you said, to have it from concept to the finished product in such a more, small amount of time.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and then there's... it
1: disappeared in like just as quickly oh, yeah, as then, well.
0: Oh, man, that's another story all together. I mean, the thing is, we're just putting our feet up really and like, oh, fucking hell. When's it going to be Christmas? Next Wednesday. Oh, God, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then, you know, Monday or Tuesday night, the last board games go out. And then it's just chill out. And it's just Christmas. And uh, just relaxing and kind of like thinking about not thinking.
1: And this is then, Christmas 91?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, actually, no, it was Christmas 90. It was 91, I think, The. Uh, we got a phone call. Uh, it was on a Monday afternoon. And um, it was this woman at Virgin. And uh, she said, uh, can I talk to Patrick, please? Patrick, can you take all the games back? I said, what? Why? Um... She said, uh, We've just had um, Richard. Um, Oh, God. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Get ready for it. Uh, Leia Betts had just died. Okay. Oh, dear. She said, um, A Labour MP, would you believe, Patrick? phoned up Richard yesterday in the middle of his Sunday lunch, Patrick, and said, why are you selling board games that kill
1: children? Oh, my word. You're never going to survive that.
0: And I said, oh, come on. You know, you know that the, you know, there's the, this game about murdering people. There's this game about war this game about this, this game about that. And she said, Patrick, Richard is one of the richest and most charismatic people in the world. Do you think he's really going to have his Sunday lunch ruined by a maverick? Self-financed game designer you know and that was it it was just like bang and so we had to do that and then
1: that must have been a real shock the,
0: it was it was totally not what you wanted to do <laughs> no and i imagine that it was a like, lot of
1: units was it
0: oh and what it wasn't just virgin i mean it got building not i mean you know, I say that I, I'm so proud that we had those bank banks made, made by Barclays. But the other guys, I mean, there was Shane, there was this other young kid uh, who's like our kind of like main salesman. And there was uh, Sophia and another guy as well. I mean, these guys really prided themselves. We couldn't believe that we're getting away with it. It was a caper. We thought it was the ultimate kind of caper. We got these games, into the WH Smiths, we got them into Game, Go we, got them, we got them into Woolworths.
1: That's incredible, them,
0: mate. They were everywhere. And the Grapevine, all the major buyers from every company all know each other, you know. Sure. And it was literally, it was like watching a deck of cards, a house of cards just collapsing.
1: oh my. in word. two
0: yeah. or three days,
1: a domino effect. It, it
0: was, uh, I'm sorry, but we can't send a van to pick up your games yet. We're sending our van out to pick up games from so-and-so and so, and, so and, we were, and it was literally the complete opposite of what happened at Christmas, which had been like, we've got to get these games out. We've got to get them delivered. We've got to get them delivered. We've got to get them delivered. Now it was like, we've got to get them back. We've got to get them back. We've got to get them wow. back. We've got to get them back. And um, Shane, bless his heart, um, he basically turned around to me at one stage and he said, you were right. You said that if we, you know, had an Apple Macintosh, we could have saved a fortune. And I paid for those consultants and they cost us so much money, Patrick. I'm washing my hands of it. Uh You know, you can, you can have the whole thing. And, uh, then, let me think, what's it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Then, this was like mid-January. And, of course, as I told you at the beginning of the interview, the British Toy and Hobby Fair was in February, right? And I thought, right, well, I've got all these games. It's just me and Sophia now, just an army of two.
1: And I imagine the games are, are they in the garage at home or something now. Well,
0: that well, I mean, I've got a few myself, two or three but they're out there.
1: No, I mean, back then, when you went and picked picked them all, collected them. It
0: was like, oh, God. I mean, they were with the printers, but they were, you know, the printers were saying, when do you want the delivery of the next batch? And we were saying, just hold on, hold on, hold on. We've got our vans going out, getting the games out of the shops and back to us. Nightmare. So um, I contacted the British Toy and Hobby Fair And said, uh, uh, introduced myself and told them about uh, and said we would like to have a stand Uh, how much would it cost and they said we're not going to let you have a stand they said we've heard about this game and you're not allowed you're banned so what we did what we did then was I wish I had one of these I had a big full like a big broad sheet it was like you know like a twice the size of twice the size of this box basically like a newspaper broadsheet and it says something like Mm -hmm. game game world rocks by acid house board game or something like this
1: wow dude awesome awesome dude And and then
0: more and more and more of this kind of like cryptic stuff, you know, about these nutcases that had been oh yeah, we 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 claimed that the game was actually invented by a guy called BP Wow. And uh that we said that he he was he lived in Lhasa in Tibet. Excellent <laughs> and uh the the son got on to us and said uh, what is it about this this uh, this BP Wow, then he, he must be, I said, oh, don't, please don't talk to us about him. He just comes along with these mad ideas. We're the ones that have got to do it all. And then he goes and flies back off to Tibet again. right <laughs> then he said, When's he coming again? I said, oh, you'll be able to catch him. He's, he'll be coming in uh, Heathrow uh, four o'clock on Saturday morning and they all turned up. He's Excellent. Right, 4 o'clock in the but what we, what we did was we actually went along to the British toy and hobby fair and squatted uh, a stand there uh, uh, and eventually got physically thrown out of the place
1: It's quite yeah. that you set one up though
0: well they did they, they no no we squatted it they Excellent. didn't know that we did it we found an empty stand we set it all up we got all the kind of bunties and all this kind of stuff up and 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 we were taking orders you know. And Excellent. then I was walking along at some stage and I heard this voice behind me go, there he is. Who? Him. Rave. And then he's going <laughs> the acid top king. Of me. I, yeah. And and they were literally kind of like, kind of uh, marching, frog stepping me out and me kind of like going out, that game promotes war. That game promotes murder. That game like this. And as they're, as they're, so, yeah, okay. it's, there's lots of lots of stories and things like that uh, to do with the game. But uh, yes, so that's the historical part of it all. Um, wow. Yeah.
1: And so, how many how many units did you have to collect? Jesus. I mean, I imagine you was on par to do quite well with that game because everyone was talking about it, wasn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: Oh, God. I don't know, 12,000, something like that, maybe twenty.
1: Wow, dude. And I, I imagine you had to put them back at your gaff or something. Yeah, they had to be stored
0: somewhere, you know. They, yeah, yeah. And then recycled them. We sold them on to independent record stores. But...
1: Good idea. Independent
0: record stores, we're only going to take one or two.
1: Mm, that's the problem. And yeah. there's
0: the other thing, of course, that we didn't take into account... Like I said, we didn't know what we were what we were doing at all, uh, and that is, you know, even if you invented Monopoly, nobody but nobody will buy Monopoly at any other time of the year apart from Christmas. Sure. So yeah, it's just very been, seasonal. You've got like twenty thousand of these games at the worst possible time of the year, but um, yeah, well, it was all kind of that kind of classic infamy infamy they've all got it into the kind of phase uh,
1: sure but, um, yeah and then i mean once they the shops span the game then they, i'm sure they even mentioned you in parliament and
0: uh well there was this mp and uh, he was a real he was a real pig yeah
1: I was going to say his name, but we won't say his name now. (laughs) I don't
0: don't know who who he was. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Which kind of rounds it all back to what we were talking about at the beginning, really. And that is that, um, well, actually, it's something that I think about the rage scene itself, is that it got simulated the whole of the rave scene it was at the beginnings of this was just beginning to happen the super clubs were just starting
1: sure definitely
0: but when when the super clubs like ministry of sound and places like that started Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but there is something which is very noticeably different um and that is that they were licensed
1: yeah big difference
0: very, very, very big difference. And it basically wasn't the same scene at all because what this game was about was all these kids descending on, you know, some open air venue and, you know, the police standing back, kind of like watching them all, you know, enjoy themselves drinking LucasAid and Ribena.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very you know? true story.
0: Uh, but once the. The scene had been assimilated into the club scene. Then, you know, everyone's in on the guest list anyway. Pretty much, they make their money on the bar. Yeah, you know. And yeah, for it sure. It was never really the same after that point. And th- then, alongside the, uh, alongside the alcohol, came cocaine.
1: Yeah, you know. The music the whole- changed as well. The music was a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, so there were all these elements and, and all the parties, you know, I mean, this is why it went back into the club. So many of the parties were being stopped and there were so many f- fake parties that were occurring and unscrupulous promoters who were, you know, saying they had such and such, a such and such, such 20K sound, lasers, this, that and that. And when you arrive, they've got like a couple of fan lights and a disco, disco lights or something like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Whoever yeah, happened to be I didn't kind of know. like
0: cracking into the charts because the rave scene was, you know, it was crossing over into the charts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew uh, Jimmy and Bill from the KLF pretty good, and uh, the number of times that they saw flyers with the KLF and they said, oh, we're playing there on Saturday." Yeah.
1: I didn't know
0: anything about that, <laughs> you know, and they must be hardly ever did play anywhere. But uh, sure, yeah.
1: And just I've heard stories about too, the yeah. times when they did play somewhere. They, they took they went and got the money that they were being paid, and then they just threw it into the crowd. The money they threw, know?
0: yeah, they threw yeah. a whole load of money into the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's a card in the game actually. KLF throws a grand into the into the crowd. Excellent, so yeah.
1: So, yeah, uh, just a minute, got such a bad cold. Sorry, mate, I won't keep you much longer, mate. No,
0: it's okay. Uh, so really, what I'm still looking at is the possibility of uh, re releasing it actually at some stage, but. It's going to be a big job if you do do it, because if I do re-release it, it's going to be interactive. And that means that there's going to be ways of playing Mm. online, you know, Mm. uh, um, and that means making
1: it future-proof, you you know. Uh, Yeah, um, you're looking at a good few years graft.
0: Well, yeah, it's, I just look back on that one year's graft. I've never worked so hard in my
1: yeah. life. Yeah, you know, it was. It's well, absolute... a huge achievement to get it to the market, oh, and then was... to get it into W H Smiths and all of those stores. Like looking back at it today, people will probably say, "Well, hang on, mate, you had things that were called X. Ex... What do you call the E's?
0: Uh, energy tokens." It's yeah, wonderful. you got your
1: energy tokens, they actually have e on them. Yeah, it's, big. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's a rave yeah. game, and you got it into WH Smith. That's, yeah. Warwick. Warwick. that's a massive achievement, mate. Yeah, uh, okay. Virgin, we all know Richard, you know, so yeah, but yeah, yeah. WH Smith,
0: Virgin's <laughs> a music store, you know. I mean, that, that's you know, that anything controversial is going to sell, yeah, you know, oh, totally. See if I've got the offending articles, here we go. If you can see the E, to hold it in a certain kind of light. Yeah, though. yeah, yes. Oh, you can just about to see it. Yeah, there you go. Energy token. Yeah, so that was it. In familia, I yeah, said, so it was definitely
1: familia. risky. Huh? It was definitely risky.
0: Um, well, we didn't... You know, the thing is that... It really was such a game. And it's such a drag, really, that... Well, it's like, what's his name? David Nutt said, you know, he said, uh, you know, no one's worked closer with the government than I have. I know the way the government works. And I can tell you in this country, they're just not geared up for this kind of thing, which is a shame because we all look back. I mean, it was horrifying at the time, Layer bets, It was a complete horror. People were kind of like, it was all being peddled, like, you know, kids dicing with death, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't the first death either. I mean, my friend died in 1988. Really? Yeah, he was, I and mean, he was my school friend. Really? I mean, I've spoken about it in other podcasts, and we didn't even for a second stop to think that we're not going to take it anymore. You know, we planned the following weekend, we planned on taking it in his name.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And that yeah. that's just the reality of it, you know, and yeah. that's what we did. And we, we did a Genesis party and we had his name up in lasers and so we did even for a minute, think about not taking it, but obviously yeah, this right. is long before the Leah Betts thing.
0: Yeah. Well, actually it's funny because I look on the desk here, just
1: as we're talking,
0: but uh, actually my kind of like big dream for the rave game, when it comes down to it, is uh, I had to deal with this whole illegal drug thing. And I came up with an idea Setting it in the future, so if it was in the future, it would be an illegal something or the other, but it wouldn't be a drug, as we call it. It was suddenly, if it yeah. was set in a science fiction context, suddenly you could be. You know, as risque as you wanted.
1: And yeah, uh, limit, I, like Limitless, you could, like you said, as long as yeah, it's not called EMDMA. Yeah, it's mean, like
0: about people taking drugs in the future. Yeah. It's not promoting drugs, it's promoting some science fiction. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I did a, uh, a master's, uh, an MA uh, based around this concept. And uh, I just saw this picture. It's just on my. Uh, Oh, I just noticed all these notifications are coming up. Um, and uh, here's a picture of me when I received my master's. And look carefully at the face I was on an E at the time. Oh, come on. Oh, shit. <laughs> Grinning from here to here. Uh, so there you go.
1: Yeah. So. Absolute classic photograph, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got another one like that, actually. Which I've actually replaced the eyes with like uh, smiley eyes and a big grin. It looks, it looks pretty much satanic.
1: Quite <laughs> Excellent. Anyway,
0: that's that's about as much of a potted history as I can possibly kind of.
1: Sure, mate. Well, yeah. it's been interesting, mate. It's been interesting. There's so much current interest in the game. All people that collect flyers and stuff, they all want. They all want a copy of the game, basically.
0: Yeah. How many
1: would you say that you you produced in the end?
0: Oh, uh, twenty thousand,
1: uh, and then there was the extra lot. So there's about twenty five thousand, would you say? Yeah, something
0: like that. But, 000, between,
1: twenty five thousand between twenty and twenty five thousand rave ball games out there in the world.
0: Uh, not now. I mean, no, ball games are. You know, they've become collectible, but by dint of the fact that, you know, they're made of cardboard and they're so easily screwed up. You know, people yeah, are taking time off.
1: I... Yeah, that's right. I think a lot of these lot, though, who are buying them, they're not playing them.
0: You no, know, as you said, they're, the... they're
1: collecting them. Yeah. They, they're,
0: they're, they're like, I'm gonna to this this going to give this to my
1: kids, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, nice yeah that's
1: what a few people have said to me. I'm, I'm giving this to my kids.
0: Yeah. Well, there's oh, a God. copy of
1: the vna excellent yeah. excellent and you know oh. they've got a copy of my book class of 88 they put it in a time capsule beneath museum of london oh really yeah that was like the- in 1999 and i think um and it was for like 100 years so wow. you know long after i've gone they're gonna dig up my book and be like oh <laughs> Seemed like they had a good time back then. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. But, um, uh, well,
1: oh, that's cold.
0: I'm sneeze. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's any uh, good developers out there, game developers and webby type uh, coders and all the rest of it, I'm interested in talking to you because, because of the whole, you know, What's likely to be happening in the next five to ten years? Then it's this is the time to to go for it.
1: On the sure, second. and with with any luck, there's someone out there with a bit of tech that just need a nice little project to actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. proof of concept.
0: Yeah. People that can uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, do uh, the kind of magic, you know, with code uh, would be able to you know play the game. As a board game, but also have it kind of uh, working across the internet as well.
1: That's what I want sure. to do. I'm sure, I'm sure there'd be someone out there. Did you see they, on, on, I can't remember what the name of the website is, but someone uh, has put like this uh, TB303 machine. Oh, yeah. Online. And you can actually play it online.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah literally yeah, yeah, yeah. through a
1: web browser.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Pretty cool. A lot of that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so yes. i'm sure there'll be yeah. someone i'm sure there'll be someone that would be that have a bright idea and it'll probably be someone from that generation who's who's a coder now yeah you know and yeah. be like hey i like that you know yeah but look i'm gonna let you go patrick because all right mate, i know you've, you've really honestly you've done us proud mate you, we know you've got a okay. cold and so i honestly appreciate you being here and sharing these stories because i, I really feel like your story is really important it's it's a big part of the history and it was showing you that people were trying to do other things outside of raves you know clubs making music but people are actually there making board games so you actually achieved it and you got it in all of those big time stores mate so we've got to take her out to you mate yeah you know? goes <laughs> to
0: show that people weren't taking themselves too seriously exactly
1: the they're, they're still fun times yeah. And as Patrick said, if there are any developers out there, any coders or anyone that has any idea of how to take this forward into the future, so it's future-proof, then get in contact. There'll be some, we'll have uh, Patrick's web links. They'll be on the show notes on the website. So you'll have to get in contact with Patrick. If you can't get in contact with Patrick, you can always shout me and I'll pass the messages on. Okay, great. And yeah, so there's once a, again.
0: There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a Facebook group. It's a, a Facebook page. Oh, there's another story. Facebook is like, they're today's police, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're terrible, They're constantly, yeah, getting blocked and banned by Facebook. So, yeah. And when I tell
1: people that I've I've had terrible experiences with Facebook and instantly people automatically think I've done something bad. They're like, yeah, what did you do? You must have done something bad. I'm like, no, I haven't done anything. Yeah. Well, you must have done something. Like, No i haven't done anything oh, i haven't posted content. nothing
0: 30 day ban just two days ago uh, which is uh it didn't take long for them to realize that uh, they completely popped it up but actually i'll finish on one for a final kind of note on facebook um Basically, the rave game on Facebook, what I have always used it for, I just put music, you know, you like YouTube's in there. And uh, it's a page because it's for a product. Um, in some ways, it should have been a group. But I thought, no, it's for a product. The product doesn't exist anymore. The product was only available for about six weeks, like 30 years ago
1: or something. Wow, six weeks, dude.
0: Yeah uh nuts mate that's then, nuts then then i get this the, these kind of like bands from facebook saying yeah you know, they don't give you any warning either basically that no. you've been promoting this fictional product too much and then uh uh i would post on the actual facebook page it's a that's what what i used to do it big picture of Mark Zuckerberg or something, like, it's a lock in that, you know, uh, we've got a two week block on, Uh, it's a lock in from now on. And they would just play loads and loads of music. And then they would come up and they would say, this is one of your most successful posts ever. Pay us 50 pounds and we will promote it. And then I would take a screenshot of it and say, isn't it rich? We've just said that these bastards have blocked us. And they've now told us that our post, that these bastards have blocked us, is the most successful post ever. And if we pay them, it is total nonsense, really. Outrageous,
1: mate. Outrageous. The last time they locked me out, they said, send me all your ID. I sent them all my ID, passport, everything, everything. Everything that I had. And they said no. <laughs> what do you mean, no? They said yeah, no, it's not but... good enough. So, well, I could, you know, but anyway, that's another story. Patrick, another. again, oh, okay. hopefully someone will come up and someone will be able to help you to get that game back on the road, mate. Cool. But again, thanks for coming, mate. Loads of love. And uh, hopefully I'll speak to you very, very soon. We'll have a Guinness or something. All right. Get okay, well All soon, right, Patrick, mate. mate. All right. Yeah. Take care, brother. Cool. Take All care, mate. Best. See you, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye, mate. This is the 88 Podcast with yours truly, Wayne Antonin. This is the 88 Podcast with yours truly, Wayne Antonin.
0: Live hopefully in 1988 and have a great 88.
1: And Culture, the 88 podcast with yours truly, Wayne Anthony.